Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. I'm Daniel, and this week I'm going to be discussing Marvel's The Black Panther. Joining me to discuss this topic is... There's no one here, so I guess it's just me this week. Alright, before I get started onto the review, let me start off with a couple news bits that happened this week. Quick bits. The first news story I want to cover uh, is one that I feel is probably the most near and dear to my heart. Um, Kevin Smith was basically taken to the hospital uh, Sunday night and um, had a heart attack. He uh, had emergency uh, surgery to put a stent in his uh, artery to basically clear a a blockage that he had, which he was told was 100% blockage. Uh, Let me start off by uh, reading what uh, Kevin Smith posted on his Instagram page. I quote, I was trying to do a killer stand-up special this evening, but I might have gone too far. After the first show, I felt kind of nauseous. I threw up a little, but it didn't seem to help. Then I started sweating buckets and my chest felt heavy. Turns out, I had a massive heart attack. The doctor who saved my life at the Glendale Hospital told me I had 100% blockage of my LAD artery, also known as the Widowmaker, because when it goes, you're a goner. If I hadn't canceled the second show to go to the hospital, the doc said I would have died tonight. For now, I'm still above ground. But this is what I've learned about myself during the crisis. Death was always the thing I, most, I was most terrified of in life. Um, when the time came, I never imagined I'd be able to die with dignity. I assume I died screaming, like my dad, who lost his life to a massive heart attack. But even as they cut into my groin and slipped a stint into the lethal widowmaker, I was filled with a sense of calm. I've had a great life, loved by parents who raised me to become an individual that I am. I've had a weird, wonderful career in all sorts of media, amazing friends, and the best wife in the world, and an incredible daughter who made me a dad. But as I stared into the infinite, I realized I was relatively content. Yes, I'd miss life as it moved on without me, and I was bummed that we weren't going to get to make Jane Silent Bob reboot before I shuffled loose into the mortal coil. But generally speaking, I was okay with the end. If this was going to be it. I've gotten to do so many cool things and I've had so many adventures. How could I be shitty about finally paying the tab? But the good folks at the Glendale Hospital had other plans and expertise to mend me. Total strangers saved my life tonight. As well as my friends uh, at Jordan Monstano and I am Mealy Dawn who called the ambulance. This is all part of the mythology now, and I'm sure I'll be facing some lifestyle changes. Maybe it's time to go vegan. But the point of this post is to tell you that I faced my greatest fear tonight, and it wasn't as bad as I've always imagined it would be. I don't want my life to end, but if it ends, I can't complain. It was such a gift. Hashtag Kevin Smith. I just, I can't believe, um, I woke up this morning to that news, and I was, I was actually shocked. I mean... It was just a couple weeks ago that we had uh, Stan Lee rush to the hospital for being very ill. You know, Kevin Smith is basically geekdom's ultimate fan. He He's the guy that kind of, you know, drove me to do what I'm doing, you know, with my website and stuff. He's kind of my inspiration. He's kind of the guy I look up to. Uh, he's one of the reasons why I started podcasting. 
Uh, I just I don't know what this world would be like if there wasn't a Kevin Smith. Um, you know, we we've seen all of it. All of us seen his movies. We've seen Clerks. We've seen Mallrats. We've seen uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. We've seen Dogma. Uh, Chase and Amy. If you haven't, shame on you. Um, but there's probably shows and stuff out there that you're watching now that you don't even realize Kevin Smith is, has involvement in. Um, he's involved with Supergirl. He's directed. Matter of fact, he just got done directing an episode uh, earlier this year. He's just got done recently directing an episode of The Flash. Uh, he's involved with the television show uh, Goldberg's. He he directs episodes there. He's directed movies that you've seen at the theater, like Cop Out. Um, so I mean, he he is in this process. Uh, he he's ingrained in this culture, and for us geeks to lose someone like him is is I would think would be kind of devastating to us. Um, I know it'd be kind of devastating to me because you know I I didn't. I, you know, quote unquote, kind of meet the guy. I took a picture with him at one of the comic cons, but I would actually like to sit down and have a conversation with him one day. I just think it would be amazing and um, probably help me kind of set me on a path, you know, just to be able to ask him some of the questions I want to ask. Uh, after he posted this Instagram post and Twitter post earlier today, um, you know, a lot of people started sending their prayers and um, messages to Kevin Smith through Instagram and Twitter and all that. Uh, apparently there was some backlash that occurred earlier today. Chris Pratt, uh, we all know him as Star-Lord in the Marvel Cinematic Universe's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He sent a message to uh, Kevin Smith on Twitter. Um, there's actually two messages, and I'm going to go ahead and read them both here. Uh, Chris Pratt uh, states, and I quote, Kevin, we don't know each other too good. But I have loved you since clerks, and I'm praying my ass off for you because I believe in the healing power of prayer. Can you please pray with me, people? And then he put a little prayer symbol with the heart. Um, then his second message says, and I quote, Praying for you, I will continue to. You inspire me with clerks when I was a senior in high school. I'm tagging my LBRB football coach who showed me the movie because he believed in me and knew I'd be inspired at Hodge1916, uh, prayer, heart, prayer. So he sent these two messages to Kevin Smith today. Um, and basically people on Instagram just started ripping him a new one, telling him about how prayer does nothing. You know, only doctors can solve people and, you know, send them encouragement. Uh, nothing about prayer. Don't, don't do prayers. Uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy that the guy had a heart attack, and somebody is just trying to be nice and offer, you know, some sort of warm, emotional, hey, I hope you get better. I'm going to pray for you. If, you know, if Chris Pratt believes in prayer, then great, you know, and that's, if that's what he wants to do, you know, there's, there's nothing that he can do physically. He can't drive out to California to go perform surgery on him. That's what the doctors are for. I mean, I, I understand that. Um, I don't think he's going to go do anything else to try to help Kevin Smith. You know, he just wanted to send basically his condolences. Uh, you know, uh, you know, sorry that you're sick. Sorry this happened. You know, I'm praying for you to get better. Um, what's crazy is James Gunn jumped in. It's not really that crazy. James Gunn has been defending things, you know, on Twitter, but he he kind of chimed in and um, came to Chris Pratt's defense. Um, he has a series of tweets here, and I'm going to read just a couple of them just so you can kind of know what's going on here. Uh, he, he, he states on Twitter, and I quote, 
So I just read Chris Pratt's tweet to Kevin Smith saying he would pray for him and made the mistake of reading the comments, many of which go off on Chris saying he'd pray. I think people misunderstand the backlash against thoughts and prayers. His second quote says, uh, There is nothing wrong with sending people positive thoughts and prayers, but when it's coupled with inaction, when action will benefit the situation, it's empty. He states, if you're offering parkland shooting survivors prayers, but are unwilling to deal with the problems of gun violence in this country in a practical way, those prayers are empty. And if you're going to offer prayers to the folks suffering in Puerto Rico, you might want to consider adding a link for a donation or calling on your representatives to take action. In addition to those prayers, prayers alone will not change the world. Then he says, but no one expects Chris Pratt to shoulder doctors out there the way um, I'm sorry, shoulder the doctors out of the way and perform heart surgery on Kevin Smith. Nor does Kevin need Chris to pay his medical bills. So I think his prayers are appreciative um, and about all he can do. I'm not tweeting to defend Chris. He's a big boy and can take care of himself. But for me, personally, prayer and meditation are great boons to my life and help navigate my way through this world. And I don't want to dissuade others who find things useful. So... James Gunn just came to Chris Pratt's defense, um, just, you know, defending what he was trying to say, just saying that, you know, Chris is out there trying to to basically just give personal, uh, whatever you call it, condolences to, to Kevin Smith. And, um, you know, he has a couple more tweets in the thread, and I'm not going to go over all of them, but I just think it's crazy that people can't let somebody else say you know, heartwarming things to somebody when they're when they're sick or ill or anything like that without causing some sort of political thing or whatever. I mean, it's just it's it's getting out of control. The internet trolls are just driving me insane. I, it's almost to the point to where I don't even like logging into Twitter anymore to read anything because there's just so much negativity in the world. You know, and that's the thing I love about Kevin Smith is yes, there is so much negativity in the world, and he kind of brings the light to all that negativity with all of his movies and everything that he does. So, you know, I appreciate Kevin Smith and I, I do want to say, I hope he gets better. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, I know you'll be back on your feet in no time and you know, I'm rooting for you. Uh, I do also want to add Kevin, if you are listening to this or if you ever do listen to this, you know, I'm overweight. I'm really overweight, massively overweight. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take strides this year to, to do better because I'm not that much younger, you know, not that much younger than you. And, um, you know, this is an eye opener for me, believe it or not. So, uh, I'm going to start taking strides to do better myself and I'll be right there with you, man. I know you said you're going to make some life choices and changes and I'm, I'm going to do the same. So, all right. Second news article I want to talk about. This is going to be a quick news story, but I thought it was interesting um, Joss Whedon announced earlier this week that he's no longer making the Batgirl movie. Um, I don't know if you all were aware, but ba uh, Joss Whedon was actually tapped to make a uh, Batgirl movie that was going to be taking place in the DC Cinematic Universe or the Extended Universe. Um, that's apparently no longer happening. He made the announcement earlier today and uh, several websites covered it. And I'm reading this off of the superhero hype here. Uh, they have a quote from him, and I'm going to go ahead and read that here. It says, Batgirl is such an exciting project, and Warner's DC such collaborative and supportive partners that it took me months to realize I really didn't have a story. 
I'm grateful to Jeff and Toby and everyone who was so welcoming when I arrived and so understanding when I, uh, is there a sexier word for failed? So it sounds like Joss Whedon just couldn't come up with the story um, for Batgirl and he decided to go ahead and jump out. So with him leaving, uh, it doesn't look like there's anybody else attached to the movie at the moment. Um, and I guess it's going to be in limbo until they figure out what they're going to do with it. So we'll see what happens with the movie uh, as news for, you know, as we get more development on this story. My last news story is, again, going to be another short one, but I thought it was very fitting for uh, this episode. Um, it's about Black Panther and how it uh, just basically raked up past $700 million worldwide um, in its second week. So this movie is very close to making $1 billion. Now let's think about that for a minute. $300 million away from making a billion dollars. This is Marvel's fifth highest grossing movie of all time right now. Um, it looks like it's going to surpass Captain America Civil War and Iron Man 3. Uh, and Age of Ultron, I believe, is also in the number two place. So if it beats those three movies, I mean... The only other movie that it could possibly beat is the first Avengers movie, which is the highest grossing Marvel movie of all time. So, I mean, that is amazing that this film's doing that well. Uh, it has become only the fourth film ever to cross the 100 million in its second weekend. The other three films to do that were Star Wars The Force Awakens, Jurassic World, and The Avengers. So, those are some crazy stats for this movie. Um, so... Congratulations in Mr. Bozeman and Mr. Coogler and Disney and Marvel. I mean, good job, guys. I mean, the, the movie was freaking amazing. And I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to get into that now. So let's go ahead and start my review of Black Panther. Please be warned. I'm going to try not to, but I may slip with a spoiler here and there. So if I do slip with spoilers, just be advised you've been warned. So if you want to be on the safe side because you haven't seen this movie yet, I would stop this recording here and maybe come back after you've seen it. Now with that disclaimer out of the way, what did I think of Black Panther? In a word, it was awesome. I guess it's actually three words. Yeah, that was three words. So in three words, it was awesome. Uh, I, you know, I've said it before in numerous uh, episodes that... I did not know much about the character except for what I've seen of him in like Avengers cartoons and a couple of the comic books that I've read. You know, I, I knew that he was a member of the Avengers and uh, that he was from a, tr uh, a country called Wakanda that had a lot of technology. Um, didn't know much more than that. Uh, so when I went into this film, I kind of was going in blind because they didn't really explain much in the Civil War movie. Now, when we saw him in Civil War, we, we knew he was from Wakanda. And we knew that he had a suit that was made out of vibranium. I can't even say that word. Vibranium. And, you know, that he had uh, kind of superhuman powers, kind of like Captain America. He had speed, agility, and all that other stuff. Um, again, they didn't go into too much detail about him. They showed his father dying, who we knew was the former king. And that in the line of secession, he became the new king of Wakanda. 
So going into this movie completely blind, completely not knowing what was happening, and I think I appreciate that a lot because it made me really enjoy the movie. You know, I go into these movies and I have a lot of knowledge, background knowledge of some of these characters and stuff, and I'm starting to notice that a lot of the movies that I didn't have a lot of background knowledge on, I tend to enjoy a lot more than the ones I do have a lot of knowledge on. Case in point, Ant-Man. You know, I didn't know who the heck Ant-Man was for the most part. I knew he was an Avenger. I knew he was Hank Pym. And I knew he had a wife named Janet Van Dyne. I knew he was an abusive husband and all that. But I didn't know really much about the character because I didn't read those comic books when I was growing up. So when I saw the movie, it was basically an introduce introduction to the character. Now, the movie mostly focused on Scott Lang, but it also kind of introduced us to the Hank Pym character and gave us some background that I didn't really know already. So that was really cool, and it's actually one of my top ten favorite Marvel movies. Probably my top five. Eh, top six, maybe. But it's up there. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew nothing about these characters. Uh, I knew they had a talking raccoon. That was about it. Um, so going into those movies, I mean, those movies blew me away. Um, Doctor Strange, he's another character I didn't know much about. Uh, going into that movie, I was I was on board. I liked it. It was It was entertaining. The characters that I don't didn't know a lot about, you know, i.e. the Hulk, uh, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, Thor, you know, those characters, while I like those movies, uh, a lot of those movies didn't really beat out, you know, some of the movies that I didn't know the characters of, like Guardians of the Galaxy. I would probably say Guardians of the Galaxy is my number one favorite movie in the Marvel Universe, followed by Captain America Civil War. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, then Thor Ragnarok, and probably Black Panther is number five. That is probably how I rate my movies. Um, six would be Ant-Man, seven would be Iron Man, um, and then so on and so forth down there. Probably eight would be Avengers, um, and I can't think of any more after that. So, But that's probably how I would rate my movies, you know. Captain America and Spider-Man are the number two, number three slots, but Guardians of the Galaxy, something I never even read when I was a kid, is my number one movie. Uh, my number five movie is uh, Black Panther. So it is just crazy. So, I mean, that kind of tells you what I think, think about this movie. It is a fantastic movie, and I totally recommend everybody go out and see it. Uh, the characters. You know, we have uh, Chadwick Boseman returning as Black Panther and man let me tell you he does a fantastic job in this film he he blows it away he he makes you believe that he is the king of Wakanda I mean he is just he's fantastic as the character um, there's this one scene in the movie where he you know he just gets done basically getting inaugurated as the king of Wakanda I guess you would call it an inauguration I don't know um, yeah we'll just go with inauguration anyway he just got done basically being challenged for the role of the king, um, and I'll get to that part here in a little bit. And uh, one of the things he has to do when he ch gets challenged for the role is they have to take away the powers of the Black Panther. And when they do that, um, basically it just makes him uh, a regular person, so that way it's a fair fight to whoever challenges him. So if someone beats him in combat, they become the rightful king of Wakanda. And after, you know, he wins the battle, spoiler alert, he gets taken to uh, 
the I guess the mystical shrine or wherever where they grow these these roots that give him back the power of the Black Panther and they feed him this root and they send him to sleep by burying him underground and where he gets to go to this I guess you would call it the afterlife where all of the previous kings are representative as as Panthers and he gets to see his father again his father being played by the same actor that played him in Civil War John Kenai uh, so forgive me if I'm mispronouncing his name. So uh, where I'm getting at is that Chadwick Boseman just really nailed it there when he just, you know, he sees his dad f- after not seeing him for several, I guess, several weeks. And um, he starts crying and he's like, Poppy, you know, Papa. And it was just it was just, a you know, a very emotional moment just seeing father and son together on, on screen. So, uh, you know, when I say that the actor is just emit emotion i mean that that's what i'm talking about there was just a lot of emotion in this movie and i you know i thought chadwick boseman was just fantastic in the role uh michael b jordan as killmonger um i would probably say he is probably one of the top top marvel villains uh for a while marvel's been having a hard time having villains that were just any good and that all changed i would say last year with uh, the vulture being introduced and you know, the Vulture is probably my one all-time favorite villain of the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe so far. He, um, Michael Keaton just nailed it. But then we got Killmonger. Um, Killmonger is probably the, probably number two, my number two favorite villain. He might beat out Vulture. I don't know. I may have to watch this movie a couple more times. But he was a believable villain. His, his, his reason for being a villain is probably the most believable story in all of the Marvel villains so far that's ever been introduced. He, his father was killed by the Black Panther. Um, you have this little kid who's being raised by a father who was supposed to be a spy for Wakanda, but turned out to be Wakanda's downfall. He's the one that sold, uh, secrets to claw or not really sold them but just kind of gave secrets to claw to allow claw to infiltrate wakanda and steal the vibranium so that's who michael b jordan's father was his father is is the reason that uh claw you know got the vibranium and you know killed a bunch of wakandans and you find out that uh uh king t'chaka comes to oakland to to confront him during this scene you find out that this is king t'chaka's brother and you find out the guy that was with him, him being uh, T'Chaka's brother, uh, was a gentleman by the name of Zuri, who is the young version of Forrest Whitaker's character that we see later or earlier in the film. So you find out Zuri was also sent there as a spy and basically to spy on T'Chaka's brother. Uh, he turns on T'Chaka's brother, and in a moment where T'Chaka's brother tries to kill Zuri, uh, T'Chaka actually kills his brother, he, he takes his claws and sticks it into his gut and kills him. So, you know, you, you, you learn that, you learn that, you know, his father, T'Challa's father had a, had this big burden that he had to carry all these years that he murdered his, his own brother for the safety and the well being of a Wakandan citizen and for Wakanda itself. So, I mean, you know, the movie also teaches you the burdens of being king, the things you have to do to protect your people and to, to protect your country. Um, so, you know, getting back to what I was talking about, you know, Michael B. Jordan, he's outside playing basketball as a little kid, not really played by Michael B. Jordan, but Killmonger, the, the character, sees the spaceship fly away, freaks out, runs upstairs, and finds his father dead. 
So that sets him on a path to to get back at the person that killed him. Now, he knows all about Wakanda because his father used to tell him stories, and he used to tell his son that he was going to take him there one day because Wakanda had beautiful sunsets. And so, you know, he makes it his mission to figure out how to get there, and he says he starts killing people. And one of the cool things about this character is, you know, he was kind of like uh, Victor Zaz from Batman. You know, he takes off his shirt, and you see all these these self-inflicted scars all over his body each scar representing a different person that he killed and i you know if i remember he says he states that each person that he killed represents you know one tick closer to him getting to what he ultimately wanted which was to be king of wakanda and to to take their technology and give it to the people that suffers so they can win the war and rule the world basically so it was a pretty believable pretty believable villain you know he he hates the country of Wakanda. He hates what it stood for because, you know, it it killed something that he loved. It killed his, his family. And I, I just thought that was a great villain. Uh, another character worth mentioning was Letitia Wright's character who played Shuri. Um, Shuri is the sister of Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa. She was freaking hilarious in this movie. She was probably one of my favorite characters in this movie. She is kind of like the Q in the Ch- uh, the uh, Black Panther universe. I was getting ready to say in the Chadwick Boseman universe, but in the Black Panther universe. Um, she has all the technology. She, she invents everything there. Um, she invents his suits. And she just has some of the, the funniest moments in this, uh, in the movie. There was actually one part where, you know, they're, they're having a serious discussion about some things and she's like, uh, but most importantly, what are those pointing to his sandals that he's wearing, which was, you know, an internet meme. So I just thought it was hilarious. She's definitely, a, uh, an amazing character, fun to watch. Since I mentioned James Bond, there is something I kind of want to point out. The movie felt more like a spy movie than it did a superhero flick, uh, meaning that this was more like James Bond in a superhero costume uh, with Q giving all the technology and stuff to, to him in the field and him solving, solving a mystery. Um, there's this one particular scene in the movie where he goes to intercept and capture uh, Claw and him and Lupita Nyong's uh, Nakia and Danny Guerrero's um, Okoye I'm probably mispronouncing that uh, went to a club in South Korea it was kind of like a casino type place to go intercept uh, Claw and while there they run into Martin Freeman's Everett Ross who basically tells him he's there for the same reason to stay out of his way and it kind of turns into this uh really awesome uh action scene i don't want to spoil too much of the action scene but where it gets cool is is nakia and uh, okay go running out of the building they get into a car and nakia says well what about what about uh, t'challa and uh she said he'll catch up and you see t'challa come running out of the building and previously, uh, Okayu threw this device on this other car, and it allowed uh, Shuri to drive this car remotely. So she has this like digital hologram thing that surrounds her, and it looks like the car that she's that he, that she's he's driving, and she's driving this car back at Wakanda, <laughs> and you know uh, T'Challa's riding on top of this this car being driven by nobody, going through the through the city doing this car chase. It was really cool to see, and it was really awesome technology. Um, yeah, it was just, it was really amazing scene. 
One other thing I do want to point out is when they capture Claw later in the film, this is one of the first times that you see Martin Freeman and uh, Andy Serkis together since you know since uh, Lord of the Rings, the uh, the Hobbit series. So I, I thought that was kind of cool to see these two interacting again on the screen. I do want to mention the Stan Lee cameo. It happened during that uh, casino scene. Uh, Chadwick Boseman does go up to to the to the one of the tables and throws down a bunch of money. He starts talking to uh, Martin Freeman's character, and while he's uh, <laughs> while he's there, he's chatting for a few minutes. He wins and he walks away from the table and leaves the money there. And Martin Freeman's like, uh, "You won," and you know, T'Challa doesn't say anything to him. But Stanley comes out of nowhere and goes, starts sliding the chips over to him. He's like, I'm going to go ahead and keep these just for safekeeping. So I thought that was a pretty funny scene. And again, it's another another cameo, great cameo by Stanley. One thing I do want to kind of point out about this film that I was... Something that bothers me about these movies is, you know, in the comic book universe, the superheroes always have their villains. Their villains either get locked up, break out, come back, but their villains are always around. And one thing that they tend to do in movies a lot is they kill off their villains. Now, I know Black Panther has Ulysses Claw and Killmonger as two of his main villains in the comics. Um, and like I said, I don't know too much more about the character. Uh, so I don't know what other villains he may have. But in this film, both those characters die. And it's sad because Andy Serkis's Ulysses Claw was just epic in this movie. He looked like he was having a blast playing this part. And, you know, Michael B. Jordan's character, you know, I said earlier, was probably my number two favorite villain of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And now he's gone. So it's just kind of sad that we've got this really awesome character, but now he's gone. And, you know, we got Ulysses Claw. He's gone now. So, I don't know. I just I wish they would stop doing that in these films. I wish they would figure out a way to... Just somehow lock him up, or they could have imprisoned him. You know, there was they they even had a chance in this movie when you know, uh, Black Panther's holding uh, Killmonger in his arms, and he says, "You know, we could probably still save you," and that could have been the out for the character. But Killmonger decided to go ahead die with dignity, which I respect the man for doing that. But I don't know. I just wish he was he was still around so that we can have another awesome villain in, in the Marvel universe. How cool would it have been to see? see that character pop up in infinity war which it's still possible because thanos has the life gem so but anyway i digress uh overall i think the movie was just amazing i do totally recommend that you go out and see it if you're waiting for it to come out on blu-ray or dvd shame on you you definitely need to experience this movie in the theater the soundtrack is is epic the colors in the movies are just mind-blowing the colors that they used and you know i was watching one of the making of documentaries and I found out that they actually, a lot of their set designs and costume designs and all that actually come from different tribes in Africa. So everything you see in this film is pretty much true with what you would see in Africa. So I just, I think it's, I, I have to give the producers and the, the creators of this this movie, you know, two major big thumbs up for accuracy and, and, and attention to detail. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful movie. Um, Again, when he's in the afterlife, the purples and the different colors. And someone pointed out to me that the reason why there was purple was because of the vibranium. Didn't really catch on to that, but it makes sense. But just the purples and the greens and all that stuff just really pop on the screen. And you're not doing yourself you're doing yourself a, a, dis, a disservice if you don't go see this movie on the big screen. 
Uh, and you know why not? It's a Marvel movie. Help this thing get to a billion dollars. Let's let's get this thing to push push the envelope. Let's 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 get this movie up there. But yeah, I mean the music, the soundtrack was great. Um, it was all original music, from what I understand. It's not one of your your traditional run of the mill soundtracks or orchestral soundtracks. You know, like the typical Avengers and all that have. It's it it's an original soundtrack with with urban style music, and it, it's it sounds it sounds awesome. It's, it's a really good soundtrack for this film. It fits the movie perfectly. There are two end credit scenes. Uh, the first end credit scene takes place, uh, immediately after the first set of credits. Um, again, I know I said I wasn't going to try to do too many spoilers, but I guess I've already lied about all that. So if you don't want to know about these end credit scenes, I would just, you know, fast forward here and, um, come back to me later. (laughs) But anyway, the first in credit scene has uh, T'Challa and company at a United Nations mission uh, meeting. I'm sorry, and they're basically coming out to the world. They're they're telling the world, "Hey, Wakanda's here for you. We're going to share all of our knowledge, all of our technologies with the world, so that way um, we can make this world a better place." And what makes it funny at the end is one of the representatives of the UN is like. Uh, Forgive me for asking, but isn't Wakanda a country of just farmers? What can you all do to help benefit us? And, you know, everybody's all smiling because we know that Wakanda is actually very technologically advanced. So, ha, 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 ha. Shame on you, UN person, for asking such a question. Um, but that was the first end credit scene. Didn't really do much to push the the Avengers Infinity War story. It, just, it was just more of the... the the Black Panther saga, or movie, I should say, not saga. Um, and it, it probably could have been in like the last scene of the movie. It didn't have to be an end credit scene, but it wasn't too bad. The final end credit scene was uh, back at the Wakanda village. We see uh, a familiar face come out of one of the huts, and we learn that Bucky Barnes is has been healed and brought back. He's referenced as White Wolf who I believe was a character in the Black Panther comic books. It wasn't, you know, Bucky Barnes, but it was a different character by the name of White Wolf who I think lost his parents and was raised in Wakanda. Uh, But uh, I don't think that's the route they're going to go with this. I think they just gave him that title because um, they're probably going to go a different route with Bucky in in this show. But it looks like he's been healed and he's ready to fight alongside his brother in arms, Captain America, when Infinity War starts up in May. So that was my short review of the movie. Again, like I said earlier, this is one of my top five favorite Marvel films, and I totally recommend this. Please go see this. Go see this. Help this out. Go see this. Go see this. Go see this. You are not going to regret this. This will be one of those movies that you're going to walk out of just kind of happy that you've seen this movie. It's 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 that it's that good. I promise. Um, I would like to also hear what you guys think. So, uh, send me a comment, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. Let me know what you all think about the movie. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Was there things that you would have changed? Did it follow the comics? Because, you know, I don't read the comics, so I don't, so I don't really know what the story is, how the story is in the comics. I don't know if this followed it very closely or if it was too drastic from the books. I don't know if it's, if it's, you know, just took elements from it. I'm I'm curious if you just... If you want to let me know, just, you know, use our handles Temple of Geek to hit us up on social media and let's start a conversation about it. So, but before I let you all go, um, there is one last thing I want to talk about and I want to kind of give myself a little bit bragging rights. 
So I started a new uh, YouTube venture um, on our YouTube channel, Temple of Geek. And what this venture is, it's going to be me starting to do toy reviews. I've decided that I'm going to start doing some something that I really, really care about. One of my passions is toys. I collect action figures. I collect action figures that make me feel like I did back when I was a kid. So I collect a lot of Transformers, a lot of Star Wars, and just other you know odds and ends that I see that just make me happy. So I'm going to be starting to do these really short action figure reviews on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can head over to our YouTube channel now and see the first two episodes. Uh, the first episode is a Scrooge McDuck figure from the Funko uh, toy line. And the second figure is a Dinobot from the new Power of the Primes line that just came out. Uh, expect right now one episode a week for the next coming weeks. And if I can get enough episodes cranking out, I might start releasing these twice a week. So... I just wanted to point, throw that out there, let you all know that we do have some new things coming. Uh, also, uh, we just got back from a couple conventions. So if you head over to our website, you'll see several galleries uh, from the two conventions. One being Long Beach Comic Expo and the other one being Gallifrey One, which is that Doctor Who convention that you probably heard us talk about. Also, speaking of Doctor Who, I'm not quite done with season two yet, but I am getting there. Uh, my goal is to go ahead and get done with the series before... Uh, August when the new Doctor get debuts on BBC America because I would like to probably start watching the show. Um, and also, one of my favorite shows is back on TV. So if you aren't aware, Legends of Tomorrow is back on and it is f as funny as, as it ever is. So please check that out. Support CW. Um, support the CW shows because they're amazing. I totally recommend them. And on that note, that's going to do it for this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at info at templeofgeek.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by using the handle at Temple of Geek. You can also find us on YouTube by using that same handle. Thanks for joining me on this ride by myself to talk about Black Panther. I've been Daniel, and we'll see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.